I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Long Shots, VEASAN's premier golf betting podcast. Here's Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, and Kelly Bidlin. Welcome to Long Shots. It's Kelly Bidlin, Wes Reynolds here with you today to break down the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Matt Brown will be with us in a little bit. Wes, how you doing, buddy? Did you win any money actually betting golf last week? I did not, uh, probably like most people. And uh, <laughs> yeah. it's it's been kind of a year-long thing. I think I've had one winning week in the in the first four. Uh, but uh, uh, once again, another long shot that does hit that we weren't unfortunately on. Mathieu Pavone, the Frenchman, in his third PGA Tour start. He won last fall on the DP World Tour at the Spanish Open and played pretty well down the stretch, but certainly not somebody you were going to take in a PGA tour event that I think was kind of an unproven commodity, 125 to one. He wins, uh, almost gave it away on the 18th, hit a great third shot on the par five uh, on Saturday to eight feet, makes the birdie holds off uh, Nikolai Hoygaard, who was probably the most proven player amongst those guys. It was yeah. like a DP world tour event. When you looked at the leaderboard and uh, he beats Nikolai Hoygaard by one, my nearest guy was Tony fee. Now he never really got going and ended up finishing a couple back, uh, had Bo Hosler in the top 10 mm-hmm. had Rogers in the top 10, but Never really anybody that was right there at the end to win it. So, uh, Machu Pavone, our fourth straight triple digit odd winner. He was 125 to one last week. Crazy, crazy, just a crazy start to the tournament uh, or to the season. This is, uh, I, I feel like I always need a few weeks uh, to get settled in, anyways. Obviously, we've had back to back, uh, years of heartbreaks in Hawaii. So, uh, kind of glad to get, get out of Hawaii and in, into California at least. But yeah, it has been a, a crazy start to the season, and I know some people want to maybe automatically chalk that up to to live and the golfers that have been drawn over there. I don't really know, though, that we would have seen different results with some of those guys playing these past few weeks. It's It's just been happening, so... It's just going to happen sometimes in golf too. It is. Uh, we talk about it often here. There's only one guy out of 150 usually that wins a tournament. And guess what? Sometimes it's that random dude on the outside that you never saw coming. We did. Yeah. Like you said, we did have some lurkers. I, I remember texting you and Matt 
uh, at one point on Saturday where it's like, all right, who all we got in play here? Because I know there's a few of these names near the top that were that we were all on. Uh, but yeah, nothing, nothing getting home. I'm, I'm trying to think the the Hideki top twenty. It, it saved my tournament big time for he being came real. Back. Yeah, he got real hot. I think he made four birdies and an eagle to mm-hmm. close out that round. It's like, yeah, it would have been nicer to have that the day before he'd been right, right. The because yeah. he was in the mix for a while and then kind of fell apart in the third round, but. A uh, very good finish for Matsuyama. Yeah, yeah, that 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 saved me from it being a complete bloodbath because I got a like plus two forty top twenty on him, so that was good. But yeah, not not a great week. We can we keep it moving onto the Pebble Beach Pro Am uh, uh, this uh, this week and uh, a different Pebble Beach Pro Am than you are used to from years past. We are into our second elevated signature event of the season uh, now at Pebble Beach, and it will be that way going forward. Um, Wes, I don't know how you feel about that. I love it. This is a, I, I mean, when we talk about, for, for us, that, that handicap golf every single week, we get all different types of courses, um, some that we love, some uh, it feels like most that I hate. Uh, Pebble Beach might not be my favorite betting tournament, but man, is it, I love watching it on TV. I still gives you a little bit different course to break down than what you're normally used to breaking down every single week. So I don't know how you feel, but I love that this has kind of been elevated yeah. up into that signature status. Yeah, no, explain what you're talking about here. Uh, this is only 80 players now yep. in this event. It's usually 156 across three courses. Monterey Peninsula, by the way, gets dropped this year. It is just Pebble Beach and Spyglass Hill for the first two days, and then it's Pebble Beach on the weekend for the final 36. You still have, because it is still called the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, you still have an amateur portion of this, uh, but you're not going to get a lot of the high handicappers. So uh, uh, if, if, if you, uh, if you want to see Bill Murray or Ray Mermano yuck it up out there at Pebble beach, you're not going to see it this year. They're not part of it. Now there are some celebrities that are mainly athletes. Like I think Alex Smith is playing Larry Fitzgerald, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, those type of players, guys that are pretty good handicapped, yeah. actually, that are not going to slow down play because that's one of the reasons, not only just the par- part of the schedule it's been in, but because of the pro-am aspect, you have not been getting a lot of top players at, at this event uh, yeah. uh, in, in recent years that has so much rich history. But now with the elevated prize pool, $20 million prize pool, most of which, by the way, is picked up by the sponsor, AT&T. Uh, so sponsors are having to pick it, pick it up, you know, to compete with, with these big time purses. But yeah, uh, 80 players in this, everybody that's in the world ranking top 50 that's eligible that I've mainly not being on the live tour are, are playing in, in this thing. So mm-hmm. you have guys that maybe are not regular participants here. Like, like Rory McIlroy, I think's played here once. Scotty Scheffler has never played here yeah. in this event. Call him more a cow. Yeah. There's a long list you know, because played, of what you said. Yeah. They may have played Pebble beach, but they only played it for the 2019 U S open. Mm-hmm. So right. they haven't really played this. So you got a really good field here this week. You still got the pro-am portion, but that is going to be done on Friday afternoon. So then it's all pros on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it. Um, again, this is the second signature event of the year. Go, the Century did kind of count as the first one. 
Uh, but you know, even this a little, a, a, a better field than I, you know, I think we really saw at the century. You're getting a really strong field here. I mean, this is going to be, yeah, exclude the U S open. This is the strongest field in Pebble beach that I can ever remember. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you can talk about the the guys that have been lost to live, but still this is as good, a, as good of a field as we've basically ever seen for this. There tournament. was a possibility, the initial list, by the way, not to interrupt here, but the initial list before Justin Thomas actually had that good field or that good finish rather at the, uh, at the American express a couple weeks ago, Justin Thomas originally was out in this field. It's like, man, how good of a field is this? If Justin Thomas can't get in it, <laughs> right? Yeah, you exactly. Know? Yeah. Like some of these guys that are alternates, even I was like, wow, good call. Yeah, in. we were talking about that last week. He had to sit. He basically had to sit out last week just to secure his secure yeah, his spot to for make this sure one. he yeah. doesn't lose this spot. <laughs> That's yes. great. Uh, as Wes said, though, we're back. We're only on two courses, and we've always complained in years past that we only have shot leak data for Pebble. So the fact that we're going to see Pebble in three rounds, I think that helps us out as betters. Um, that is a, that is a big part. You mentioned the pro-ams. Uh, only the first two rounds where we, will we see those guys. It did crack me up because I think you're going to get to your course preview here in a second. One of the notes I caught, though, was the uh, increased length and rough. And, you know, they were talking about they didn't want to make the course way too difficult because they still had the pro-am factor of it. But they did yeah. mention, I, I caught a quote about how so many of the guys were athletes, like you just mentioned, that they felt okay with, with making it a little bit more difficult, which just kind of right. made, me, made me laugh. Because like, I, just because Josh, and you're right, a lot of the guys you just named are good at golf, but just because Josh Allen can throw a football doesn't necessarily mean he, right. you should expect him to hit a, and, a nice wedge. And it's uh, not all nice athletes <laughs> either. You're going to have your fair share of CEOs, yeah. hypes that... I think I read paid almost upwards of about $70,000 because this does raise money, by the way, this tournament for the Monterey Peninsula Foundation, which Clint Eastwood, of course, is the head of living up there. We'll see if we see Clint on the broadcast this weekend. We usually always see him. I always think it's funny to see Clint. Clint obviously hadn't played in this for many years, and he's in his 90s now. Uh, you know, with that CBS sports blazer up there with Jim Nance in the booth on <laughs> yeah. the weekend. But yeah, yeah, Clint took over uh, as the host of this uh, many years ago. It was originally back in the 30s and 40s, the Bing Crosby Pro-Am. Uh, so yeah, this has a lot of history, but it's good to have a good field here. There have been weak fields the last couple of years. Now, maybe I would prefer that because like we said last week, some tournaments we don't have success in. And then some six tournaments we always have success in. And this is one for me because I've okay. had the winner here the last two years with Justin Rose and Tom Hoagie. Yeah, I knew you were on Rose last year. Yep. Those were weaker fields. And now right. we've got the strongest field we've had all season. Yeah, no, I, no, I feel you. So we'll, we'll have to uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. Odds board, how we're looking right now at DraftKings uh, as we sit here recording on Tuesday, 645 Eastern time. Uh, just to keep you guys up with odds movement, Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy, uh, tied co-favorites right now at eight to one. Then it's Victor Hovland, 12 to one, Xander Shoffley, 14 to one, Max Homa, 16 to one, Patrick Cantlay, Jordan Spieth, 18 to one, Colin Morikawa, 20 to one, Justin Thomas, 22 to one, Ludwig Ober, 28 to one, everybody else, 35 to one or longer. Wes, I like that you got Ludwig's pronunciation right, though. Thank you, Wes. Thank Ludwig you. Ludwig Ober. 
because <laughs> it's been Aberg, Aberg, you know. But and, and personally, little, I've struggled a lot with yes, it. Yes, <laughs> yes. But the the little circle over the A, so now it's Ludwig Ober. If you uh, if you uh, if you caught me just saying Ludwig a lot in the past on this podcast, yes. there's a reason why, yeah. and it's right there. All right, Wes, run us through the course and everything everybody should expect to see this week, and including any any kind of stat models they might be running. Yeah, uh, before we get into the course specifics, of course, we mentioned 80, 80 players. Uh, no cut, yep. by the way, this week. Uh, they'll be at Pebble Beach uh, uh, both times uh, over the weekend. Last year, you had just 21 of the top 100, and now you've got pretty much everybody that's eligible in this event this week. Uh, uh, I'll start with uh, with Pebble Beach. I'll give you a little yeah, rundown of Spyglass as well. Yeah, real quick, Wes. Yeah, yeah, every eligible player in the top 30 of yeah. the golf rankings, including the entire top 50 in the FedEx Cup standings, will be in attendance this week. Yeah. So that's yeah, uh, so about as good not, as you can get. Not <laughs> lacking for star power. Uh, yeah. Pebble Beach, obviously, very familiar course to even casual golf fans. Uh, you know, one of the most iconic courses uh, in the world got renovated. It was designed in 1919, renovated in 2016. Par 72, only 69.72, so it is the second shortest annual course on the PGA Tour. It's also the most bunkered course, 118 bunkers uh, on this layout. Wind can affect the scoring because, obviously, it's along the ocean, so, you know, doesn't mean it's going to play easy. It can play easy, but it can play really, really damn hard if you get the wind going. Uh, uh, Poa, Rye, Fairways, uh, fourth widest, by the way, on PGA Tour, about an average of 41 yards, so distance and accuracy really don't matter all that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll talk about it when we get into our stat modeling, you know, what we might've used in place of that. But these greens are like the size of dimes, uh, uh, 10.5 on the stem. So relatively on the slower side, only 3,500 square feet. These are POA greens. So we know POA, especially on the West coast can get a little more bumpy, a little more tricky. There were so many times you're probably watching the farmers last week. You got a putt that's dead on line. It hits a bump and all of a sudden it just, you know, veers way off course. So uh, uh, Pebble Beach, second shortest driving distance on tour. So you will see layups. You will see a lot of irons off the tee or you will see some hybrids approach a little bit more important than off the tee because you've got some of the lowest GIR percentages because the greens are so small. Rough has been grown out a little bit more. Most of the fairways, by the way, they tilt toward the ocean. So you're going to get some uneven lies with, you know, uphill lies or downhill lies here. So, you know, it's all about where you really position it uh, uh, from that standpoint. Comparable courses, I guess, obviously, the other courses in the Pebble Beach Rota. Sea Island, where they play the RSM. El Camillion, where they used to play Mayakoba. More on that later. Wiley, where they play the Sony Open. Uh, Spyglass, very similar to Spyglass, par 72, 70, 41, a little bit more tree lines. So not as exposed to the wind, uh, Linksian style, Robert Trent Jones, Jr. Was the uh, designer of this third shortest course on the PGA tour has more, uh, uh, protection though, but it can play more difficult because of just the tree line and, and the fact that the fairways are a little bit more narrow, they're only about 29 and a half yards wide. So that's mm-hmm. why it plays tougher, even though it's not as exposed to the wind as pebble Poa greens, but they're a little bit larger, 500 or 5,000 square feet. I should say 10.5 on the stamp. It's been part of the rotation since 1967. So you're either going to play round one at pebble round one at spyglass and then reverse for the second round. And then it's all pebble on the weekend. 
Yep. Yeah, that is right. Uh, Stat-wise, let's see. So, well, I did, just going back to your point of uh, stuff off the tee, there's not much I'm look, really looking at here. This is about the one course, maybe, uh, you know, one tournament, I should say, where and I'm probably forgetting one or two, but what, one of a few where I barely look at anything yeah. off the tee because yeah. when, you know, when you know there's a chance that guys are clubbing down especially and not ta- not taking a driver out. I mean, and that's what's going to happen this week. It really not only levels levels the playing field when it comes to that strength and any distance off the tee, but also just, Wes, we don't see a lot of guys hit. You know, we, we don't factor into our bottles and stuff. How many, how many times guys are hitting irons off the tee box? That's something, yeah. you know, not something we're really looking at. You heavily. could do a little, you could do a little good drives gained because that takes a little bit of approach into yes. it as well. So you know that is that is the only thing that yeah. I guess of an off the t- off the tee stat I used, but it's because exactly what you just said. It incorporates that second shot. Second shot's going to be huge here. Uh, sixth toughest course on tour to gain on approach. That's how important approach play is here. You mentioned those small greens. That's a big reason why you got to hit those greens, and they are very very tiny. Also brings in around the green play and some bunker play, as you brought up a ton of bunkers. Uh, here at Pebble. So a uh, good drive percentage I looked at, and then it, it's a lot of approach uh, stats for me. Strokes gained approach, uh, opportunities gained, used uh, proximity ranges everywhere 75 to 150. We really see the wedge play come, in, come into play here big time. Uh, use, yeah, so 75 to 150 on the proximity buckets. Par fives, still getting par fives here. I'll say it every time there's that many par fives on a scorecard. I'm going to play strokes game par fives. One of those, the holes that you got to be able to pick up strokes on, even though we do have a couple tough, a uh, couple tough five uh, par fives here. Um, scrambling around the green, sand saves, mix that all in there a little bit. That's going to come into play this week for sure, especially if it, especially if it gets windy. And um, look, that is something with, with, when we talk about coastal courses like this, be checking in on it constantly um you you don't have to make bets with you know when Wes and I have to make bets if you want to wait a little longer to see what wind's gonna look like I've brought it up on here multiple times but when it comes for me for first round leaders I usually wait till as late as I can on Wednesday just to have a good idea of what it's looking like on Thursdays I'm just gonna I'll probably bring that up right now Wes because I don't know if you really looked at the forecast yet but uh it doesn't look bad doesn't look bad doesn't look bad and then you get to Sunday yeah and Sunday morning there are gusts right now projected at 60 miles an hour, six zero miles a, an hour. That our guy, uh, uh, Kevin, uh, what, what's Kevin Roth, Kevin Roth. Yeah. They are weather guy who's appeared on Beeson with yep. us numerous times. Uh, I was seeing the little, uh, graphic he put out. I was like, Whoa, okay. Oh, I didn't even see you did one for pebble. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Kevin. He, he put something out on the Twitter on Twitter today or X, okay. whatever it's called. Yeah. a good time to always bring it up. Ke- Kevin's great with this stuff. Uh, but he'll always talk about, we'll have him on for football all, often. He'll always talk about, it. it's about, you know, 15 miles an hour plus sustained is when he only w- starts worrying about the wind when it comes to football, when it's golf, Obviously, obviously, you got a ball that weighs a little less that you tick that down a little bit. I think he's usually said in the past about 10 miles an hour. He needs to see over that, you know, sustained to really be concerned about it at all. Mm-hmm. But when you can get these gusts that are as violent as they are, something you got to keep in mind because it's not always. And that be can perfect. get intimidating, too, because I mentioned, you know, the fairways are really wide, but the greens are so small, especially right. at Pebble Beach. And you're looking at these views and you're looking out at the ocean and their spectacular views. 
and all of a sudden you see that wind gust coming in and it's like oh boy right exactly so so look this could get really fun on sunday yeah it really could it really could um so just to finish mine out then uh three putt avoidance on the small greens in fact uh pop that in there birdie or better we are gonna see you know as long as it's not overly windy like you talked about wes should see some low scores here strokes game putting on poa i looked at as well so just once again real quick good drives uh, gained uh, strokes gained approach opportunities gained proximity 75 to 150 par fives scrambling around the green and sand saves three putt avoidance birdie or better and strokes gained putting for me what all did you look at my friend approach was the heaviest thing yeah. I think this is still the classical cliched second shot golf course because you don't have to be super long off the tee nor really super accurate so really all types of players that can get that can play here and that's why a lot of players consider this their favorite course or one of their favorite courses good drives gain was the only thing I really did off the tee uh, this week uh, proximity. I went a little heavier on a hundred to 125. Uh, you, look about half the approach shots or maybe a little bit less, certainly at least a plurality are going to be 150 or less. Cause these are not long courses, yeah. uh, and not long holes. You got some really short par fours. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but I did maybe a hundred to 125 in terms of the proximity, uh, strokes gained around the green and scrambling kind of a little bit of a combo platter. I think scrambling is probably a little bit more important yeah. than, uh, than ARG this week. And then I talked about the par fours. Uh, you do got three really short ones here on at pebble that are three fifty to 400. So I looked at that a little bit and then 400 to 450. I think five of the par fours measure in that range. You don't really, I think you have one real long par four here. And then of course, uh, the usual allotment of par fives. Uh, strokes gain putting POA and and specifically on POA greens because these greens are actually some of the toughest on tour. Yeah. Actually, the closer you get to the hole, like 15 feet and in. So a lot of you'll see a lot of these guys miss five footers, you know, like we were seeing last week where it's like, OK, OK, it hits a bump on on those POA greens, even though these are slow greens and all of a sudden it takes it three or four feet the other way by the hole. And then you're having to try to avoid that three putt, like you mentioned. Uh, uh, just a general scoring uh, thing. Strokes gained total courses, 7,200 yards or less, is I know what Fantasy National does. These are around 7,000-yard courses, too. So, yeah, you want to look a little bit at the short courses. I did strokes gained per round instead of, you know, the last 50 rounds, which is kind of my baseline early in the season when I'm looking yeah. at these stat categories because you have some guys that don't have last 50 rounds in that database if they've been playing dp world tour if they're like nick dunlap who just goes ahead and wins as an amateur by the way makes his first professional start this week that's right yes welcome nick dunlap take that uh, well i was gonna say take that bag of money i I, I guess he's got to wait again to take a bag of money huh (laughs) look i I didn't think he was i even mentioned a couple weeks ago i didn't think he was gonna turn pro until after the college season but it's like i guess why wait yeah. I'm fully exempt through 2026. I'm in three of the four majors. I'm not that far out of the top 50 in the world. And if I'm in the top 50 in the world, I'm in everything. Yeah, it was funny because when you and I were having that discussion, I was like, well, he might do it right away or he might wait till after. Uh, but, you know, I, I had forgot about the the major exemption. So then I was like, you know what, Wes is probably right. Maybe he will just finish out this college uh, season. Then now, nope, like three nope. days later, nope, I'm out of here. See ya. See a loser. See a school. Um, all right, cool. Well, let's uh, we'll take a break here. When we come back, Wes and I'll run through all our bets. We'll hear from Matt Brown as well. And Wes, I bet on somebody this week I hate and I never bet on. Find out who when we come back. 
Welcome back to Long Shots. Wes Reynolds, Kelly Bidlin here. Wes, I'm going to throw to you first. What are you betting this week, my friend? Yeah, and uh, placements and matchups, by the way, this will be released Tuesday night. We'll be out on Wednesday as I get more time to dig into them. But in terms of the outrights, uh, just I went with six this week, shorter field. I probably had one too many, but you know, it was kind of a tough leave off. So, you know, inevitably you just play both uh, on the short side, two guys that I found at 20 to one. And you also, uh, I think you could still get them mainly market wide at about 18 to one uh, Jordan Spieth. If there's ever a horse for the course, it's Jordan Spieth because he's always near the, uh, the top of the leaderboard here. Certainly uh, one here in 2017, six top finishes, top 10 finishes in 10 appearances at this event he started off the year very well third at the century led the field in putting out there in Kapalua gained strokes in all categories so he wasn't somebody that really popped in the model but he was somebody that I went with course form even with this elite field I still think a guy that plays here every single year no matter the strength of the field and plays darn well here yeah yeah, yeah, he is certainly somebody to be respected so Jordan Spieth 20 to 1 Patrick Cantlay also 20 to one didn't really show that well at Torrey Pines and usually never does, but he's usually pretty good. And these courses coming up are usually pretty good for Cantlay Pebble beach Riviera. These are the really good courses for him on the West coast. He's never missed the cut here in seven attempts. Uh, third here in 2021 led the field T to green that year, fourth, the following year in 2022. So I feel like Patrick Cantlay is going to win one uh, very, very soon here. A okay. big one. Uh, and and maybe this could be the start of something big. Look, I've already played him to win a major this year. So uh, Patrick can't lay twenty to one. Then I think, I, went, I think this year he gets one done. Too. Yeah, I, and I, I'm gonna, I'll probably look. I'll, I, I I bet you I'll be on him next week. But I will be looking very hard at him next week. This is one tur- This is one tournament that always kind of gets in my head with him on because you're like, all right, he's so great off the tee that should be mitigated a little bit here yet. Yet he always has these great finishes here. Yeah, because he's used to putting on that POA, West Coast guy, so can't lay 20 to 1. And then I went mid-range here. Uh, I'm going to buy a little bit on the odds drift, even though he did not play very well last week, missed the cut. He's double the price. Jason Day, I found him at 55 to 1, and I still think he's 50 out there uh, yeah. in a lot of places. Yeah, I saw him 45, 50s when yeah. I was shopping today. Yeah, he struggled at Torrey Pines, but look, we've seen that. Even guys that play well there miss cuts, and he did last week. Uh, uh, it seems like a bit of an overreaction. This guy, by the way, has six top seven finishes and seven top 11 finishes here in his last eight appearances. So that's pretty darn good form, even with a you know strengthen of a field. I thought doubling the odds were a little bit of an overreaction. So Jason Day fifty five to one, a guy I played last week. I'm going to play again. Bo Hosler seventy to one ended up T six at Torrey Pines, but it was really his performance off the tee that kind of kept him where he was like a lurker and not really yeah. like right there. Cause all of a sudden I looked, I was like, Hey, Bo Osler, you know, four under in his first 10 holes and then never really could get going on the back nine, but there are wide fairways here. So I think that's going to mitigate any poor performance off the tee. The irons and the putter were very good at Torrey Pines and uh, Osler, by the way, was third here two years ago. Uh, Wyndham Clark, 80 to one, two missed cuts and three appearances here. Those odds are getting long on yeah. him. I mean, yeah. Yeah. US yeah. Open winner. Wow. Cause I don't think he's like a total flash in the pan. Uh, I just think, you know, some spots it's been slow to fire now because now there's expectations when you're a major championship winner, but 
Uh, a 39th and a 29th to start 2014. Did have a 63 in the final round of the century out at Kapalua. Had a 64 uh, at uh, Pete, at the American Express in the second round. I think it was at La Quinta. Uh, Putter's been slow to fire, but he's back on POA where when I was doing the modeling, he's up there in the top five on POA green. So Wyndham Clark at 80 to one. And then another guy uh, just above him at 85 to one. I went with the veteran here and that's Adam Scott at 85 to one <laughs> 2024 T seven uh, start to the year at Dubai, the desert classic ninth top 10 in his last 18 starts and four top tens in a row dating back to uh, November at the Bermuda championship had a couple top tens in Australia uh, where he played there in December at a couple of their big tournaments missed the cut here in 2018 and 2019 but also uh, last top 10 in a major was right here at Pebble mm-hmm. Beach in 2019 uh, when uh, uh, Gary Woodland uh, held off Brooks Kepka in that major championship at the US Open so Adam Scott and he's putting better. Adam Scott, you know, can he compete against like the top guys anymore? He's in his forties. We shall see, but we've seen veterans now, granted the fields are a lot constructed a lot differently, but we've seen veterans and guys in their forties win here. Hell, we saw Johnny Miller here when we were once when he was retired, pretty much, you know, (laughs) Phil won here in his forties, a lot of older players have won here. So I think Adam Scott could go well, Justin Rose, of course, now in his forties won here last year. Yeah, that was uh, I, I. I was only chuckling West because I bet him myself. I, I bet yes. him myself, and it was uh, I. don't think I've looked at Adam Scott in quite a while. I was a little surprised, kind of where he where he showed up, or as high as he showed up, uh, model wise for me. So took an outright play on him. I didn't, I don't think I'll be adding anything more. But that bomb price uh, on a guy that I, I, we're getting a little further into the season now. I understand, but. Still, I think with some of these guys that have been active through the winter, definitely there's no downside to that when you know these guys have been out playing at least. Um, and yeah, the if you're just looking at Pebble experience, it might not show up as great results here, but that U.S. Open, I, I mean, when you're talking about playing in a, playing against elite competition and have a finish like that, um, I think that matters. The um, two questions I have for you, how much, that I should have asked you before, how much course experience, tournament experience, uh, do you think matters this week? And I think I kind of know the answer to your question, but are those basically the only guys you're looking at? Yeah, look, uh, uh, those are the guys that I've bet. And I think it matters more than it usually would. Uh, and, and look, Scotty Scheffler, obviously profiled number one and, in a right. lot of the modeled statistics and he, but can this is why I bring here. it up, right? This is why I bring it up. Cause some of those top guys, the top of the odds boards, they haven't played here either at all no. or in a long time. And also, this is a this is now a signature event that still does. It's not going to be as brutal as it might be when you have 156 players and you got to play three different courses, and you know you've got some bad handicaps and you've got more entertainers out there rather than athletes and business people. So it's probably going to be a little bit easier. But there's a reason why a lot of those top guys have not elected to play this event because they don't like the pro am. Yep. portion portion of this event some guys do and some guys don't so that's why i do think experience is going to matter because the rounds are still going to be somewhat long especially yep. you know if you get weather conditions but you still got an amateur portion of, of this thing for at least the first two days so 
The, uh, I did value experience a little bit more. Okay, and, and I do too. I do too. But I think this field, this with this year, this being a different type of tournament, you get you get some of these guys that haven't really played it before. I thought thought that was kind of an interesting, yeah, uh, it, just an interesting kind of note on the on this field because there are some guys, as you brought up, a couple of them with just amazing tournament experience here. Um, that you can easily make a case to just go back on relying relying on them to perform here because they basically have year in and year out. All right, second question for you. I factored it in. I know you factored it in because we talked about our stats already. Putting matter matter more than most people think here or less than most people think here? More, I think. Okay. Uh, uh, that and scrambling. I think you could kind of combine the two. Uh, I think it is going to matter because, look, you're going to be having a save for pars too, because you're going to miss these greens yep. that are only 3,500 square feet at Pebble beach and spyglass. They're bigger, but that's only 5,000 square feet. So those aren't huge greens by any stretch of the imagination. So yeah, I think putting is going to matter. It always matters. I think when you look at like POA putting, especially more on the West coast, cause there's a couple courses. Uh, I think, I think Detroit and I think uh, uh, river highlands where they play the travelers in Connecticut they're POA greens, but that's a different style yeah. of POA, and it's in the summertime. It's a little bit more smoother. It's not as bumpier as this West Coast POA where you might have had a wet winter. So the course is going to be is going to be soft, but I don't think that you know that's going to necessarily make the scoring all that easier. Yeah, I just I, just, I only bring it up because of uh, two things you just mentioned. You, you've talked about it. We see those bumpy rolls sometimes, and I know it's really frustrating when you bet on a good, like a quality putter in a tournament, and that's kind of where, yeah, we talk about on this podcast all the time, you know, kind of devaluing our putting uh, at some places. I think it, I think it, is important here, but when you get some of those bumpy rolls and your good putter misses a putt that you know he should make, right. it's really, really infuriating. But also, I, I think the counterpoint the counterpoint to that is what you brought up of, hey, you're going to miss some greens, so that means you're going to need some clutch putts to save some save some pars here oh, yeah. uh, as well throughout the tournament. So I, I think it's, it's always one of those tournaments I think it's kind of interesting to go back and forth on that. Um, okay, as far as what I bet... Make it a pod play, ladies and gentlemen, because I did just see what Mr. Matt Brown is on as well. And this is all three of us. And this is the guy I was teasing, Jordan freaking Spieth. Mm-hmm. I, he drives me nuts. He talks he, to that damn camera. He knows he's, be, he's beaten me more there. times than I care to admit. <laughs> where it's like, I got to I got to dodge this guy. I got to <laughs> dodge. This guy. And then he hits a terrible tee shot. I'm like, OK, got him. Got yeah, him. I, and then he takes 20 minutes to find his ball, like at the open when he hurt, crushed Matt Kuchar and then like hits an impossible shot to like four feet. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, not a guy I usually bet, uh, but man, you tie in recent results, third of the century, six of the hero. You went over everything that he's done amazing at this tournament before. Um, he was, he was a pretty easy look for me to get to uh, early on in the outright market. So I did bet him 20 to one. I didn't mess around with anything, any other bets with him. No, no, I did add on a top five as well. Plus 450 on him for a top five uh, here. My next guy was a guy that has very little experience. Here's Colin Morikawa. I did play him, went back to the well with him again this week, Wes. Uh, man, two or three tournaments now for me uh, already this year. with Morikawa Yeah, I was thinking about him very closely too, but I ended and, up leaving him off. 
And this is pretty simple. This is the this is just the cap of hey man, he's one of the best guys with irons in the world, and you're going to be hitting a lot of irons here. And uh, I think that's going to be pretty important. So it, it was it, it, pretty easy for me to get to Morikawa, especially how, now we're seeing him in some events where it's hey, actually there's actually two in front of those odds instead of a one, mm-hmm. and I can get him at mm-hmm. twenty to one. Um, hey, that was that was a guy I played an outright on. Not much else though. Again, I think with some of these guys that don't have a ton of experience here. Be careful how heavy you're going on bets and, and, and what you're looking at. Um, one surprise uh, for me a little bit of where he showed up kind of in my stats, um, you know, and then even looking back on kind of what he's done here, Russell Henley, yeah. uh, another great iron player that was surprisingly rated out pretty, pretty high. My miles was fifth in one model that I ran uh, higher than Rory in a model. <laughs> and then, uh, um you know, hasn't played here a ton, but was T15 back in 2018. So at least a guy that you know has had some success on the course that at least he's seen before. And that was pretty big for me. T4 at the Sony just a couple weeks ago. So Russell Henley, I played outright on him 55 to 1, a top 20 on him uh, as well at plus 170. So uh, I'm uh, in on Russell Henley pretty big this week. Adam Scott, you broke it down. That's my last outright uh, your full breakdown was great. Everything he's been doing here recently. Um, and, you know, yes, you might be conf- you might get uh, faked out a little bit on some of the results that you've seen here at Pebble Beach in the past. Just keep in mind what he did do at that U.S. Open. A couple other top 20 ads for me. Brendan Todd. Uh, he was a guy who was up there in the models. T2 good course for him because he's yeah. not a longer hitter, but he's a good putter and a good iron player. Yeah, exactly. So T2 here last, last year as well, T16 the year before. He's he's at least been active. Uh, you know, was active in uh, Hawaii, T3 at the Sony, T33 at the Century. So he's played a couple tournaments now. Interested to see how he do, he does. Did play a top 20 on him and then a top 20 on JT Poston. Uh, another guy, not much. He is not does not have much experience here. But man, I'm a, I'm kind of I'm kind of falling in love more and more with JT Post. He's starting to be a different level yeah. player. Like he's one of those guys that are consistent now. Exactly, are consistent cut makers, top twenty, top thirty guys every week. Yeah, absolutely. Just a reminder, guys, you get all our plays over at vston.com. Head there, too, for Wes's weekly write-ups on all the golf tournaments. We're going to get to around the world with him in just a bit, but make sure to go there, get really, really in-depth course breakdowns, tournament breakdowns, uh, golfer breakdowns that you need. It's one of the best in the business. I don't say it just because I do the podcast with him. I could hate this guy, and I would still read those things every <laughs> single week. That's how good a work that Wes does over there at vston.com. Make sure to check it out. We said we didn't want to leave that, Matt Brown. Matt Brown, what do you have this week in the first elevated event? Thanks, Kelly. Wes, guys, yeah, it is uh, an interesting tournament this week, right? We got the 80 guys. We know that driving distance probably shouldn't pay much of a factor here in this one. Completely different setup than years past. Don't know exactly how these guys are going to react to the first couple of days having to play the Pro-Am, but we know it's just all of them there on day three and four and no cut event. So anyone could come back if they were able to go low. I didn't do anything in the model with driving distance at all this week, really focused on approach around the green, scrambling, stuff like that. Uh, a little bit of par five scoring, as we know, that's kind of where this, the damage is going to be made here. And um, just making sure the, the drives hit the the fairway, right? So give me some good good drive percentage, fairways gains, stuff like that. And then um, – Considering these greens are so incredibly small, I didn't do much with uh, I didn't do much 
with anything outside of outside of that just trying to get around the green trying to get these guys home um if they do or if they do miss these greens which they should do fairly often first play on my card this week jordan spieth uh, you know listen i i know as, as you mentioned kelly uh to me a little bit earlier as we were talking this is going to be a pod play for all of us here and, and it is just for me a little bit of course history stuff that really does come into play. Jordan Spieth looking good here early on in the season. I ran models of 50, 36, 24 in the last six months. Jordan Spieth in the close, closer range models uh, for me popping up there. So do like him. Like that this guy just has, has, has played here a bunch and has had some success. Next guy for me is Max Homa. Listen, Max, in every version of every model that I ran, Max was there. If you look at Max, it's not by any stretch that that max isn't long right but it's just it's one of those deals where if we're able to really just kind of hone in on what max really does well man this approach play from like 75 to 100 stuff like in those range man he is just really 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 good and so i really want to lean on that with max this week and certainly if he's able to get to some of these par fives we know he is a birdie maker as well, which is something that I do like that he can take advantage of maybe some of these holes that, you know, that very few, you know, not a ton of just easy birdie opportunities, but I think that Max is going to be able to take advantage of the ones that you can get to there in that. Um, Justin Thomas, for me, guys, if you hadn't been paying attention, Justin's Justin's getting there and it is going to happen fairly soon for him. And why not this week? Listen, if I like around the green stuff, if I like, approach stuff from you know 100 to 125 yards 125 to 150 yards that just screams justin thomas and if that's what i really emphasize this week then that is what i really really like and listen maybe he the troubles he was having last year with the driver and the certain things like he said he's made some changes this year i think you've seen it already with him and i think he'll be able to find the fairways and be able to get some get some birdies in there when need be so justin thomas on the card for me as well on any short course, right? Give me Tom Kim. I I mean, any guy, anybody that is as good with, with, you know, his irons and approach shots as Tom Kim is. And I don't have to worry about him being left way behind because of uh, the driving distance factor. Then give me a, a lot of Tom Kim. He's a winner too, proven winner. A guy can go out there he can go out there and go low. He can go out there and win. And so, Anytime short courses are around that super, super emphasize the uh, approach game, I'm always going to take a really deep look at Tom Kim. And again, this is a guy that was in top the top five of two different versions of the model for me and inside the top 10 and inside the top 11, I should say, in every single version of the model. So Tom Kim on the card. And Brendan Todd, this was the one that really stuck out to me as weird. Um, but this is something I can't, deny right like what i decided was super important for me last 50 round model brendan todd seventh overall in the model last 36 round eighth overall in the model <laughs> last 24 seventh overall if you just go to last six months seventh overall for brendan todd and so again i just can't ignore what the model's telling me here for a guy that i'm getting such a big number on so Brendan Todd had to be had to be on the outright card, but probably looking more uh, heavily investment for him in the placement market this week. Really do uh, like what the model was telling me uh, about him. 
if you want some of the other plays out there, guys that look like they're probably going to make my card, guys that were really popping in the model, listen, I guess probably going to ride the heater with JT Poston in some way, shape, or form. Probably a top 40-ish play on top 30, top 40, maybe top 20, something play like that on JT Poston. Adam Scott was another guy that really, and Adam Scott's not short by any stretch, so like it's it doesn't have anything to do with that. It's just Adam Scott, model loves him a ton this week uh russell henley another guy the model likes a whole lot probably just be looking for head-to-heads with henley i think he'll get some advantageous head-to-heads considering this is such a star-studded field we won't get him matched up against just absolute killers and so probably looking to do that with henley this week and then finally the other guy that was just really high up in the models that i just have to pay attention to in some way shape or form now whether that's going with head-to-heads whether that's going with the placement market whatever it might be i I don't know why my model just is absolutely in love. And I told you this a couple of weeks ago too, but the model just loves JJ spawn for whatever reason. I mean, just, just loves him a ton. Probably not an outright play, you know, I mean, I, I think his win equity is probably pretty low, but if you look at placement market, maybe some of the head to head stuff out there, I think JJ spawn is a look that I'm going to have to give this week. It's just so much, so much stuff that uh, he does well that I emphasized this week for me. So looking forward to it. Um, you know, no cut events aren't as exciting, you know, for me, certainly from a betting standpoint, you like to be able to at least eliminate some of the people in the field to get some of your bets home, um, with all of that, but really looking forward to this one and can't wait to, uh, can't wait to see if we can get some of these bets home. Finally, let's try not a triple digit this week. How about it? Let's just get some, one of these, uh, one of these good players home back to you, Kelly and West. All right, thanks, Matt. That is all three of us on Jordan Spieth. Let's hope he gets home first. No, no, we've had a pod play already this year. That didn't work out. All right, let's get one of these pod plays home early. All right, take a quick break here on the other side around the world with Wes Reynolds. All right, welcome back to Long Shots. Kelly Bidlin, Wes Reynolds here. Wes, it's about that time we go around the world with Wes Reynolds for multiple events. What you got this week? Yeah, we're going to start where we've been in the Middle East, but we do leave the Emirates and now go to Bahrain for the Bahrain Championship uh, first-time event. Uh, By the way, last week's event at Ras Al-Khaimah, won by Chorborn Olison by six shots uh, over Rasmus Hoygaard. By the way, uh, double bridesmaid for the Hoygaards last week. Uh, Nikolai was runner-up at the Farmers Insurance, and then Rasmus was runner-up last week at RAK Rasmus, by the way, is the favorite for this event. Nine to one Chorborn Olsen uh, uh, did withdraw uh, from this week on uh, Monday, uh, right behind him on the odds board. A couple guys that finished T4 last week, Yannick Paul, Kata Nakajima, 20 to one. Actually, I had a guy tied for fourth last week. That was the first round leader, Callum Shanklin. Uh, he ends up finishing uh, a T4 shot 10 under in the first round. Uh, so, Got a lot of the European regular uh, Xander Lombard. He was uh, been in the top 16, all three tournaments in the Emirates, 22 to one Antoine Rosner, 25 to one Sebastian Soderberg, 25 to one Alex Fitzpatrick, the younger brother, of Matt Fitzpatrick, 30 to one. Those are kind of the higher guys on the odds board this week for the wide open event. Uh, Royal golf club, par 72 of 72, 61 Colin Montgomery actually uh, designed this thing. Uh, you know, a little bit of a Lynxian feel in a desert environment. Uh, of course, Monty was always a great Lynx player. Pass below grass pretty much throughout. Wind is the primary defense. So uh, uh, I had five this week. Uh, I went with one that tied a third last week at RAK, and that was a uh, Frenchman Frederick Lacroix. 
one Frenchman won last week on the other side of the world. Why yeah, not another wow. one here? 33 to one. Uh, was a challenge tour guy last year, but six top tens in his last 10 events dating back all the way to August. So he's got really good form. So I'm willing to take a shot with him. Uh, Yo Slouten, 35 to one, uh, uh, 21st and 14th in the two Dubai events, uh, uh, won the KLM Open in 2016 at a course called the Dutch, appropriately enough for a Dutchman. That's also a Colin Montgomery design. So maybe a little bit of crossover here. And the guy he beat at that 2016 KLM Open is uh, Bernd Wiesberger at 35 to 1. A little bit of a narrative street play here because uh, the live season, of course, is going to commence at Mayakoba down in Mexico. More on that in a minute. Wiesberger, by the way, was on the live tour, did not have his contract renewed. So that is why he is back on the DP World Tour. So maybe a little bit of motivation here is, uh, you know, okay, Liv did, I didn't, and he didn't play great, but, you know, like Liv didn't want me anymore. So now I'm back home on the DP World Tour where I've won eight times in my career. And look, could see him finishing well. He's made the cut in both events to start the year. I think he's a little bit underestimated by the market. So that's a narrative play on Beastburger. How, how does that work, by the way? Do you have any idea? Because this I, is getting- you know, I was looking that up earlier today because some guys, you know, kind of get relegated. They have a little thing where they have a live promotions thing that if you, you can qualify. Right. And uh, what this, this year you can now start playing as singles right before you join a team, possibly, I believe yeah, I saw as well. I, so. I think, I think so, because I thought I saw 54 players in the field this week and uh, just uh, uh, 48 on the team. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's always changing, but uh, uh, Man, we'll, that's gotta we, be a gut punch though. Whatever, whatever live money you were getting. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now he's back on the DP World Tour trying to prove himself. This was a guy that was a, once close to a top 20 player in the world. Yeah. So, Bern Wiesberger and a former Ryder Cupper, 35 to 1. Callum Shank won 55 to 1. I'm going to go back on him again. He was T4 last week. Uh, you know, familiar with these type of desert courses that have linksy feels. And then one that probably is a popular narrative one, but I did kind of like this and reading more about him. Joshua Grenville Wood, 150 to one, uh, born in England, grew up in Atlanta. His dad was a teaching golf pro there in Atlanta. And then later they moved to the United Arab Emirates, where he currently resides. Uh, runner up twice, actually, on this course back in 2019 when he was on the uh, the Mena Tour. So has some experience on the course. Ninth at last week at Ross Alkaima actually got him into the field, and he, but he's been playing very well in the Middle East, has had a top 10 finish before in, in Qatar, where the DP World Tour is next week. Uh, so worth a shot at 150 to 1. A lot of these DP World Tours early events with such uneven fields, you know, you're kind of throwing some darts here. Sure, so yeah. maybe that one will land. Uh, meanwhile, arguably the toughest uh, tour, by the way, to bet, is Live Golf, and uh, they are going to debut at Mayacoba in Mexico. A very familiar co- course, by the way, if you're a Long Shots listener, a regular PGA Tour better, El Chameleon, uh, where they used to have the Mayacoba Golf Classic, uh, Greg Norman design. So obviously a Greg Norman design is no longer going to be on the PGA Tour yeah. for obvious reasons. So they started uh, here last year, and then they're doing it again. Uh, of course, the big news with Live, John Rahm. Uh, their big acquisition, uh, world number three. He is the favorite here at plus four fifty. He's captaining a new. Uh, I think I think it's called Legion Eight. I can't keep up with these team names with Liv. That's what makes it more more confusing because who cares? I don't know what to do with the team golf stuff, <laughs> yeah. and I don't bet it. Uh, uh, Terrell Hatton, by the way, did just join that team. It was yeah. announced today. 
14 to 1. Joaquin Neiman is 12 to 1. Uh, DeShambo, Cameron Smith, Brooks Kepgall won twice last season, 14 to 1. Taylor Gooch actually had the most wins on Live last year with three. He is 18 to 1. Some of the new players outside of Brooks, Ramen Hat. Brooks is long longer than Joaquin Neiman. He is. Wow. He is. Okay. Yeah. I love you some Joaquin Neiman. I, I was really mad when he left the PGA Tour. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Okay. well, uh, we're going to have more on him uh, uh, momentarily. But <laughs> All right. <laughs> Rom and Hatton uh, aren't the only new players. Uh, Adrian Moronk, uh, who is a last-minute withdrawal yep. from Torrey Pines because he's on the live tour now. He is here. Lucas Herbert, Caleb Surratt, who actually was the SEC champion at Tennessee last year and uh, now uh, uh, is going to turn pro and uh, – is on live and of course we know how it's structured uh 54 holes three rounds uh with this el chameleon as i mentioned par 71 71 16 uh, about 50 miles south of cancun so very familiar course charles howell by the way was the winner here last year at 45 to 1 16 under through three days i actually only played two just kind of for interest here. And I didn't really reinvent the wheel with these guys. One of them I did play was a very short price on Joaquin Neiman, who did finish fourth, by the way, in the Dubai Desert Classic. Uh, So he actually does have a tournament and a very competitive tournament in a good field under his belt. Maybe that's going to give him an advantage. He was uh, fifth here, I believe, in 2021. And then a guy who's had a couple chances to win here who is actually a native of Mexico, and that's Carlos Ortiz, which you can get who you can get around 30 to one. He was a free agent in the offseason, now on a new team with Neiman, Mito Pereira, and Sebastian Munoz. Uh, came close to winning here twice, actually, runner up in 2019, runner up in 2021. So Carlos Ortiz, you can get him 28 to one, 30 to one type of range. Uh, placement markets, ma- matchup bets. Uh, Wednesday at vcin.com slash picks. There you go. I think I just found the, the live team that has cost me the most money in my golf betting uh, career. The is, torque. Is the, yeah. It's the last one you just named. Oh, I, I have definitely, I feel like I've had second place outright finishes on all, every yes. single guy that you just named uh, at Na- least once on the PGA. Yeah, tour. Neyman Pereira, uh, Munoz and Ortiz. So uh, yeah, with these new teams uh, uh, that they have, the other uh, Latin influence team, of course, is the, Fireballs, the Sergio Garcia, Abe Anser, Eugenio Chachara, David Puig team. So, uh, yeah, uh, n- some new teams for these guys. The team golf thing kind of distracts me. I, yeah. I know there's, there's you know, $3 million of prize money put up for every one of these events for the team competition, but or $5 million, I should say. But uh, I just don't care. Yeah, I don't I don't, care I'm not, about it. I'm not, I'm not so... I mean, look, I don't, I don't really, I live golf, get, I, you know, take it or leave it for me. We're doing enough every year that it's just not something I've really gotten into yet because of how much, how data driven our golf handicapping is. And we have absolutely, we're getting no shot link data. Obviously you're talking about a course this time around that we have seen plenty of, plenty of times, but um, you know, the team thing, Wes, I think I could get into it down the line, but like, that's just going to take a while for, almost everybody get used to including the golfers. I mean, Brooks is kicking guys off his own damn team. So like, yeah, yeah, it's clearly like they they got to flesh something out with that. Yeah. Matthew Wolf, man, he got shipped (laughs) off. Uh, They're actually doing trades on some of these teams. Now, Matthew Wolf, by the way, on Bubba Watson's uh, uh, team. And I believe uh, that I said torque is, is it Torque? 
is, is, from is, Steven, is that, I guess. Yeah. Is that the pronunciation uh, with uh, with Neiman, Pereira, Munoz, and Ortiz? So, uh, yeah, Liv gets underway at Mayakoba. By the way, it is going to be uh, in Las Vegas uh, next week uh, for Super Bowl uh, weekend at the Las Vegas Country Club, which is a really short course yeah. by professional tour standards. Uh, I have no idea what they're going to shoot on that course. I mean, you might see guys shoot like 57. I had no idea that's that where cool. they were playing next. Yes. Week. Wow, that is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's an interesting call. Because because okay. that that is, is kind of a, a a weird setting at the Las Vegas Country Club, and it, it, it's a by pro golf standards, it is an easy course. Well, we we, we uh, I feel I feel like we know a few people that live uh, right around there. I know. I think we got a, I think we got a part a watch party uh, that we I, uh, I, I think, set up I for think, next I week. think somebody does because uh, <laughs> you know it's like, do I want to buy tickets or do I want to sit in a couple friends' backyards? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's where you might be finding uh, Wes and I uh, uh, late next week uh, during the week. All right. Good stuff. All right, that's Around the World with Wes Reynolds. Insert sponsor here. Wes Reynolds always doing a great job. Catch all of his write-ups on all these tournaments, vcin.com. That's also where you will get all of our plays for Pebble Beach and beyond. Good luck with your bets. We'll catch you next week. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.